Hello, we are No More Sexist Shit. I'm Beth. I'm Louise. And this is episode seven, and we're talking all about the Batman. Before we get started, big spoiler warning. As usual, we will be spoiling the plot of the film, as well as all the bad guys. So <laughs> do not listen any further unless you've watched the movie. Okay, so... Um... This film was directed by Matt Reeves, um, who has directed a few other films such as Planet of the Apes, and it was written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. But the original creators of the Batman, of Batman as a character, would be Bill Finger and Bob Kane. And we can see a different interpretation in this film of the character that we've known to love over the years. Definitely. So the film follows a series of murders, and the victims are all of political status you know political go figures and the batman has to solve these murders to find the masked killer behind them what's your first impressions Beth? i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it so much i went to see it again last night what did you yeah i just yeah i enjoyed it even more the second time what about you i liked it it was very different to a typical superhero movie which was very nice but quite yeah. refreshing yeah it was quite dark which really drew into the whole plot of it like I feel like it was physically dark but it worked yeah definitely moving on to characters now let's talk about the main guy Batman slash Bruce Wayne played by the amazing Robert Pattinson um, he's younger than most of the other Batman and Batman and it's quite interesting to see him in a kind of like goth evil kid face yeah. and I feel like this Batman you're like I understand why you're a bat yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the whole mood, I mean, it was just moody the whole way through. Um, and Robert Pattinson really honed into that, you know, kind of introverted, socially awkward, guilt-ridden being. Um, yeah. And at the start of the film, we see, you know, he's, he's vengeance, he says. And then by the end of the film, I mean, his character development in this film was amazing because we see, you know, vengeance at the start. And then at the end, it's hope. He wants to be hope, like the, the symbol of hope, um, which was quite interesting just from a DC um, yeah. picture because obviously <laughs> Batman, Superman, Supergirl as well, you know, Supergirl's the symbol of hope. So that was interesting that they did that, but I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it was, no. yeah, an interesting choice. Everybody's stealing her symbol from her. I know! Oh, just don't even get me started. So he's, I mean, I think the main thing about this film and Batman and Robert Pattinson's Batman is he's not a hero we don't think he's a hero at all he's totally flawed and just getting by in life and just not really enjoying it but the one thing that did get across he won't kill anyone Mm -hmm. which was I mean we talked about this when we uh, did Spider-Man and we talked about how there's this new sense that um, we're trying to kill people less and TV shows and things like that and it was really interesting you know because Batman I mean you would imagine Batman does just kill people and I'm sure in other renditions of it he has killed people but in this it was very clear that he didn't want to and he stopped Selena from killing people as well so that was 
a really interesting um, point that I thought was done really well. I thought it was interesting that he did that, but he definitely did kill somebody at some point because he yeah. did chuck quite a few people off a very high structure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's a, actually a really good point. I never really thought about it like that. We also, in this film, get his detective skills, which I was talking to one of my flatmates about it, and he was saying, you know, we are kind of going back to that. And he said, out of all the Justice League... Now, I don't necessarily agree with this, but he said out of all the Justice League, Batman would be the one who could defeat the rest of the Justice League because he's so clever and so smart that he could do it. I I agree to an extent (laughs) with that statement, but I do think we see how capable Bruce Wayne Batman is at this piecing together the puzzle. He does record everything through contact lenses, which is interesting. That was so cool. I was like, I want a pair. That is so cool. Considering he doesn't act, he's not fully present when he's being the Batman. Yeah. And it's interesting because Alfred has quite a big role in his detective because Alfred helps him record. Yeah, definitely. There's the scene at the funeral where a guy talks to him before he realises who he is and you, you just see like, yeah, it's good that he's a Batman, but he could be helping people with his money. Yeah, exactly. I think the main thing for Batman, Bruce Wayne, is as he doesn't feel himself as Bruce Wayne, and because he feels so guilty for his parents' death, he doesn't want to face that, and he doesn't feel like he honours the Bruce name or anything that... Um, oh, sorry, the Wayne name. He doesn't, <laughs> deserve, he, he doesn't feel that he deserves any of the credit for Wayne Enterprise or whatever whatever it is. Yes. I was going to talk about his family. Um, we find out about his dark past, which we can talk about further later. But uh, we find out about his mother and her history of mental illness and how her family kind of wants to cover it up, which is understandable. But they have the same asylum named after the family. Which I'm like, that's not exactly distancing yourself from the purple. No, yeah, it it was. I mean, I'm not familiar with the Batman story at all. I haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy. I've seen clips of it, bits of it, because my dad and brother have watched it. But I have not sat down and watched any of the Batman films. Which don't too <laughs> far. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it, for me, from not knowing anything about Batman, this film really kind of eased me into the story and went, oh, so that's what happened. Like, I didn't know that his parents were killed or anything like that. So it was good that they kind of put that out clearly um, for people who are maybe new to the Batman. Wait, did you just say you didn't know that his parents were killed? Yeah. That's like the OG parents getting killed. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, I wasn't, I, I kind of just, uh, when I was younger, I was like, I don't like Batman because it looked really violent. This was when I was like like eight years old. So yeah. my dad and brother would watch it and yeah, it probably was violent. I mean, now I can withstand quite a lot. So at some point I will go and watch the Dark Knight trilogy. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So the Riddler, the bad guy, he was so scary. This was such a jarring performance by Paul Dino. And I oh it, it like I, the second time I saw it, I think I was more scared because mm. I knew what was coming. Yeah. So it was just oh yeah, I, I think the main thing that got me because 
and drama. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. It's too early in the morning. That's what it is. <laughs> um, and drama, you learn about things that are quite scary and things that are just not quite right that you can then put into a role. And one of them was, you know, that kind of heavy breathing. And then, of course, we get the laughter and we get all that kind of head motion as well. And then the live streams as well. It was just it was just too realistic. I was like, I could totally see this happening. Yeah, especially in the mobilisation of the people with the guns online. And you're like, this literally could happen like this. Yeah. Really yeah exactly but the one thing I found funny about that live stream with the comments in that chat room or something it was like rifles are good <laughs> that line just cracks me up I don't it was like such a basic answer <laughs> but it was yeah it was funny so I mean the Riddler interestingly he wants to be like Batman that's why he sets out this um, mission because he wants to be vengeance. He wants to be like Batman. And that is essentially Batman's turning point when he finds that out. And he goes, I don't want to be vengeance anymore. This is causing harm. I'm going to be a symbol of hope instead. Yes, of course, she is also an orphan. And we find out that he like hates Bruce Wayne as well. But um, it's quite interesting how a different often experience changes because Bruce Wayne's like I'm an orphan I have it really badly he says well you've got it really badly but you didn't have it as badly as me yeah it kind of plays into our culture these days right of comparing experiences and actually it's quite relevant at the moment because I don't know if you saw Kim Kardashian stated something um on yeah was it variety or some sort of magazine like that and she had said something about you know what was the key to success and she was like getting off your arses and actually working hard and actually (laughs) she is of a she's of a very privileged background so some people who are not of that status will be working hard and they'll not get the success that she has so it's just kind of it, it just kind of links in with this film really well with the timing and it's just that kind of you know people growing up from different backgrounds um that are maybe the same but have completely different experiences and it's and they've both suffered a fair amount and it's not say anyone is more traumatic or less traumatic yeah it's really interesting how you want to be captured so they could have the traditional Villain behind the glass scene. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't think it goes well because he wants this big dramatic scene for Batman. But then, of course, we find out that something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And at that point, I did not certainly extent see the extent of what was going to happen. No, I mean, I was like, oh, uh oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. But I mean, yeah. destroying the seafront, right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, smart. I mean, that's one way to get rid of Gotham. <laughs> but it was, yeah, and it was the fact as well for me, it was the fact that Batman hadn't figured it out. Yeah. And he was like, you mean you haven't figured it all out yet? And he was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, you're in for a treat. Like, they actually destroyed like 70% of Gotham. I don't know yeah. exactly, but it was a lot. And then especially when... 
they got to the safe haven and the bit where the male was speaking and then the water started coming in. And yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. I know, because that just starts all over again and you're like, this was meant to be, you know, safe. But I suppose they do. I think the cops say um, at the beginning of that scene, you know, it's meant for a hurricane, not for flooding of the whole city. So, yeah, yeah it, it was very good, though, and a twist that I didn't see coming. I was getting major Titanic vibes. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And then... Obviously, we get Batman's heroic save where he chops the electrical wire and falls into the water. And then we get that parallel um, from the start and the end of him actually um, helping the people and them actually receiving the help from Batman. Whereas at the start, when he helps that man that's being attacked by the face-painted guys, he doesn't want help from Batman. He's scared that Batman's going to hurt him. So I thought that parallel was really good. I really enjoyed that. At that point, I actually thought Batman was going to die. Yeah. Because um, I was normal superhero movies, you're like, they're not going to kill the main character. Or if they do, they don't kill, like Avengers, they kill a few of them, but they don't kill the main character. But Batman is like the main character. But I was like, they've just flooded Gotham. We might see. Yeah, that's a little witch. I was like, it, it looks, right, the way it's filmed, it looks yeah. like he's dying, right? It looks like he's just, he's sacrificed himself. I thought that I said that to my friend um, as we were coming out of the cinema and she was like, well, they can't kill him. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but it did kind of look like it. I also love the camera angles and that specific moment yeah. with the kind of slow-mo zoom into um, Batman and you get Selena and then you get um, James Gordon as well. Yeah. What I found interesting is because it's DC doesn't have a, such a vigorous universe structure, is that they can actually do that, which yeah. is the one good thing about them not being connected. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to Selena Kyle? Yes. Played by Zoe Kravitz, whom I just love. She is such a perfectly cast person to play Catwoman. Would you agree? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, she, she just nailed that role completely. I mean, what I found really interesting, I heard Robert Pattinson being interviewed... And he was talking about how Zoe Kravitz had look, watched videos of how cats fought each uh, other. And so she based a lot of her fighting off of that. And it totally works because we see her so agile and cat-like. And she had some skills at fighting. See that, like, foot kick where she, like, ran up the guy and then, like, proper kicked him in the face with her heel I was like that is that is some cool fighting yeah um what's even the German scenes is when we, she goes to try and get revenge and she, she finds her friend dead body and that's yeah. like very very shocking yeah exactly at, at first I was confused and um, the first time I watched it I was a little bit confused why she was at the kind of um, selling of drugs uh, when Batman and James Gordon go to see what's happening and then I worked out it took me a minute but I worked out that she was going there to steal money because she's a cat burglar obviously yeah. um, so it took me a minute but the second time I went and so I got it um, much clearer but yeah and then of course she goes to take more money and it's actually her friend I mean, I, the whole plot for um, Selena is that she wants justice for her friend and also her mother. 
which we see later because we've got the good old fashioned plot twist of he's my father. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> yeah. loud at the same moment that I knew. See, when I watched that, I was like, oh, he's a love that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it works though. And I hope people don't slag off because it has that in it. What I don't get about that is he didn't know that she was his daughter until she told him. So yeah. he was like wetting her into like the thing. So there's like history then, but then I don't know. Yeah, I was a little bit confused actually <laughs> watching that as well. Um, because it does suggest that they've met each other before, but then he doesn't know that that's his daughter. Yeah, it's a, it's a confusing one there. Maybe we'll get more of that in future films. She doesn't like people with money because of her own personal experiences. Which makes sense if she's worked yeah. in that club for so long. Yeah, totally. And of course, her dad has all this money and she didn't see a drop of it when yeah. she then became an orphan. So she wants revenge, but then Batman kind of persuades her that the way she wants to do it is not really how it should be done, which was nice to see that. And it was nice to see, you know... A woman being able to be ugly in her beliefs, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. wanting to kill someone. We don't see that often. It's more like women are kind of um, always on the moral high ground. Whereas this time she just, she wanted, she wanted revenge. Fair, fair enough. I understand. <laughs> don't think I would kill someone for it, but there you go. And she didn't. But it, I love that shot as well and the acting specifically when she goes to look at um, Falcone's dead body and yeah. she looks down at it and you can see that, you know, she's like, good. Yeah, I'm happy now. <laughs> and like, move on. That was good. Yeah. And of course, she helps him at the end. She's like, will I go and help him? And she's like, yeah, I better go and help him. <laughs> and she goes, and she pulls him up. I was like, damn, you are strong for a small lady. And then Actually, she goes, they go their separate ways at the end. Go their separate ways for Glasgow crematorium. Yeah, I literally knew. I knew it was Glasgow. I knew it was Glasgow. So much. Have you seen all the posts about how it was filmed in Glasgow and how they're like, hold on, let me just get one up for reference on the good old oh, Scottish passer page. Where the um, place was, um, if you know, that might also be Glasgow. I'm, I want to hear sure. Yeah, course, yeah, I did wonder about that as well, actually. Of course, they're currently filming that girl in Glasgow. Um, yeah. So, but and recently Glasgow has become Gotham. Yeah. Right. Here's the post that I saw. First of all, my favorite thing about the Batman is how absolutely disgusting Gotham City is. That's our Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the Batman was filmed in Glasgow. They wanted Gotham to look like a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy we're getting representation of Glasgow. It was so funny seeing the Duke of Wellington statue, though, without the cone in his head. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, get that cone back on that head right now. And the bit at the end where the dog is swimming in the water. Did you see that? That yeah. made me giggle the second time I saw it. So, yeah. Yeah, so Sorry, that was off topic. But it's, it's a nice part of Glasgow as well. I know, I know. If we could have been in like much worse places, well, here we are. 
I also just quickly while we're talking about the kind of set up setting of it I loved how it rained the whole movie as well like that just added to kind of gothic vibes and stuff like that so I yeah moody angsty again that would be such a continuality nightmare that's very true especially with his eye makeup yep it would just have been like rain machine rain machine did they not run out of water? <laughs> it was in Scotland, though. They probably didn't yeah, true. It was probably, yeah, they were probably filming the first day and it started raining and they were like, well, we don't have the time to, like, um, delay this filming, so we're just going to do it. And then they were like, oh, we might as well just keep it rainy the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. What I liked about it also is the car, and the car chase scene, which I feel yeah. like we need to talk about. Um, that was one of the best shots. My favourite shot of the whole film was when we see a, a flip side of him walking out of the burning yeah. car and it's just the best yeah. shot, I think. Because you see the raging fire and then we get his cape blowing in the yes. wind and we get that kind of um, motif again in the music. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, very good. Um, the music reminded me of Darth Vader's themes at some point, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were kind of, um, there were definitely, I, I mean, a lot of the same intervals were used. So it definitely was like that. It was basically the funeral march, um, which yeah. I'll talk more about um, once we get to the end of the characters. But yeah, there was definitely that kind of um, vibe to it. Shall we move on to James Gordon? Yes. Every time you say that, I think of James Corden. I know, I know. I keep, I know. I don't know how to be any more specific. <laughs> um, he's played, of course, by Jeffrey Wright, who I only really know from The Hunger Games. But I was like, this is a good choice. This is a good choice. That's who he is. He was annoying me. Yeah, yeah, he's from The Hunger Games. Yeah. He's just a good guy, isn't he? James Gordon, basically. Um, He trusts Batman. Although there's that um dialogue where he's like, Oh, trust, trust me, like I like you uh trust you like you trust me. Um yeah. and but he does actually trust Batman and he knows that Batman will know how to help and kind of be able to take risks that he as a police officer cannot do. Um and of course Batman kind of can do the illegal stuff, <laughs> which of course James Gordon cannot do. He's also- interesting. Because mm-hmm. he's one of the legal cops, but he's like, I'm a lead. I know. Good. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's a good leader as well. We see that bit where he's like taking control of the arena, and he's like, "Right, you guys do that. You guys do that." It's like, good. And he also has some of the most comedic lines in the film. Now, there's not a lot of humor, but where there is humor, it's very funny. I lost it when it was a thumb drive. That was just so funny. And then he puts it in and he's like, oh, this guy's hilarious. It was just, oh, yeah, it was dark humour, which I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah, it was very good. Um, he protected Batman's anonymity because he did want to take his mask off. And he was like, no. Yeah, which was good. It shows, you know, the trust. And maybe Batman will kind of trust Gordon now to... Yeah. What was interesting... Is it the bat signals not on top of the police headquarters? Yeah, that's different from what it's been previously, right? Yeah. It's not way on top. Yeah, I think it's probably because there's so much hate towards the fat man in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
by the police in particular so he's probably like well do you think everyone else knows that um like all the other police officers know that it's gordon turning the light on probably he brings along all the time to crime scenes yeah he was yeah you would think so so shall we talk about alfred yes played by andy circus he is very loyal and is still kind of feeling the guilt of his um of Bruce Wayne's parents' death. <laughs> and he feels like a kind of I don't, he feels more like an uncle to Bruce, I would say, yeah. than a father figure. But you know, that family kind of relationship. And he tries to help Bruce every chance he can he, he gets, basically. And he wants the best for him. And he also wants to uphold. Um, the Wayne's legacy. Yeah, um, he when he opens the post marked for Bruce Wayne, and of course we we don't see the explosion till Bruce phones and the lady says the bad things already happened. That was so shocking because you know, like something bad's gonna happen. It has happened, and I genuinely thought they were gonna kill Alfred. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, totally. It was, it, yeah, I did not see that coming, that it was already, that it had already happened. And I thought that was a really good, you know, cinematic tool that they did that. Yeah, it was, it was really funny when he said the next target was Bruce Wayne. And then it just disappears. He's like, yeah, he's like, me. oh dear. <laughs> they could have they had some comedy in that if it was a lighter film. And yeah. Being like, we need to go protect Bruce Wayne, Batman and Yudia. And like, putting the mask on and he's like Bruce and taking the yeah. mask off <laughs> very much like um Karen Supergirl at some points yeah definitely um shall we talk about Falcone yes another bad guy in it he's very manipulative he is also a murderer he gave me big godfather vibes yeah and um, that kind of well, this just bugged me <laughs> you know that kind of <laughs> Um, thing and also just want to like say that when he got that pool stick and whacked Selena over the face I was like damn that would hurt man I, would definitely... I know and then he started strangling her with the pool stick and I was like nah that is unpleasant and then oh and then she like scratches his face which Right, we see her scratch him, but then, like, see when he comes out, he doesn't have any scratches on his face, I don't think. And I was like, what? Interesting. But yeah, it, yeah. It's death shocking because it's like a really nice moment. And it's like the police are all evil. There's some good people in Gotham. Pew, yeah. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, well, uh, yeah, and then we get that because you kind of think, right, the film will end there or just about, and then it's like, no, he's brought him into the fight, so now we need to find the Riddler. Yeah. I liked how in this film we had several plot lines going on throughout, (laughs) and this, I mean, it's quite tricky to do because sometimes that can get quite confusing for the audience member, but I thought they were all really structured well so that I knew which plot line I was following each time, and then they all kind of link up together just around that scene. Yeah, but as of course fear was long, so they did have time to. Yeah, I think. Did you just a quick question before we go on to the next character? Do you did you feel that it was long? Did you feel that time? At some points, 
Mm. It was like maybe like two sentences away, and I was like, "This is quite long. I don't know how it's going to finish." Yeah, but then, um, like it was, I think it was at um, the funeral. And I was like, "This has gone on for quite a long time," and I feel like we're still almost at the place we're at the start because we don't know who's doing this, and we're just getting more and more does happening. Yeah, but, but then I feel like after that point, it did speed up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I. The first time I watched it, I I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of it depends what time you go to see it as well. I went the first time at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I had just had lunch, like a big lunch. I had like iron brew and um, I think I had Maltesers. So I was sorted for the whole film. I had something to occupy myself with if I needed. I didn't feel the time of it at all until the part where he has to cut the electrical cord and I was like did we really need that extra flooding um but actually like in reflection yeah because then we see that parallel from the start and the ending which was really important kind of that character development so and then the second time last night I went to see it at seven o'clock so it was my bedtime (laughs) so I was a bit tired and I had seen it before as well so that kind of probably affected it um but no, I would, I, I mean, I would happily watch that film again. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting is, see, when you get past the three hours mark, that's like half a season of a TV, some TV shows. Damn. If you think about some TV shows that are six episodes long. That's crazy. So that doing that in like the one film. Yeah, it, it was epic. So mm-hmm. our, our second last character is Penguin. Played Where's by, Penguin? Yeah, yeah, he and it's played by Colin Farrell, right? Mm-hmm. Which I wait, sorry, what that is a transformation and a half. It really is. For Colin Farrell, I did not know that was Colin Farrell at all. Um, yeah, the, he's not like the comics, is he? No, um, I am taking most of my penguin knowledge from the Holly Quinn cartoon. Yeah. And probably the Lego Batman movie. So a lot more penguiny, cartoonish. Yeah, he was yeah, more yeah. dark and grounded. Yeah, there was um at one point Danny DeVito, I think, played the penguin in a Batman movie, not sure which. And it's very kind of cartoonish. He has a <laughs> you know, he's a really pale face and weird hair and a really long nose. Whereas this is a kind of more realistic possibly yeah I'd play so. on it um he's kind of more of the muscle in this in this movie he's kind of just the second hand man you know the second in command yeah. um he's not this the brightest match in the box he yeah and he he's just he's just not a very nice man either he's a bit unpleasant he's he's morally corrupt yeah, of course he is the one in the car chase Mm-hmm. Which so, it is such a good car chase. What do you think of the new Batmobile? I mean, it's not. I've seen the Dark Knight trilogy Batmobile, and mm-hmm. that is sick, by the way. Yeah. So in comparison, it's just not. It's just. I don't know. It's just not what you expect the Batmobile to look like. I think it's trying to hone into what the originals look like in the comics, maybe a bit more, and um, without getting too cartoonish. So yeah, I liked it, 
but at the same time, not quite as cool as the Dark Knight trilogy of Batmobile. Yeah, I've seen the Dark Knight trilogy of Batmobile in person, and it's like amazing. It's like you don't think it looks real, it doesn't look real, it's very good. Um, what I thought about this Batmobile is the camera angles here were really good. There were mm. lots of dashboard cams behind the shot cams. Yeah. Very interesting way to shoot a car chase. So it wasn't panoramas or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't see the full extent of the Batmobile the whole time. We see the engine yeah. quite a lot, which mm. is very futuristic. Yeah, exactly. It, it was totally just not what James Bond car races are, uh, car chases are. Yeah. It was just the complete opposite of what that could be. And we get a lot of penguins viewpoint, which makes it terrifying because we actually see the terror of him going, oh, wait, somebody's trying to catch me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he crashes several times and then he's going, oh, my gosh, I need to put my foot to the floor. The amount of cars on that road, that was a really, really brave concern to do because that would have taken ages. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, very well choreographed car chase. Must have taken a lot of time to do that scene yep and our last character that we're going to talk about is Bella Real the um soon-to-be mayor of Gotham played by Jamie Lawson so um, she just wants to help Gotham she wants to make it a better place and kind of find justice for the people that are slipping through the cat through the cracks of Gotham but she needs a lot of support from the upstanding members of Gotham because every candidate needs someone who might not be the nicest, but is, you know, of a certain status that, you know, you need that kind of support from them. I don't get the sense that she trusts Batman. No. Um, and she doesn't want to take Batman's hand at the end, but then eventually she does. And I think at that point, she's going okay, maybe maybe he's not as bad as we all thought. I was worried they were going to make Hunt evil. Where are you? I, I was didn't... like, see if they make um, a black woman evil in a film where it's not. <laughs> I'd be like, that would be great. But they didn't, yeah. so it's fine. Because I thought, because her campaign was highlighted so much for the film, I was like, I feel like it's going to come back. But I don't know. So that was good. Definitely. What I found interesting about her character is we think she died. Well, I thought she died at one point as well because she she is shot. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, my God. But then, of course, she's fine. She's shot in the shoulder. Yeah. But you still think for a second, wow. How did they... I'm sorry, but how did they miss? They, I mean, there were, like, five snipers up there and you're telling me they can't shoot her in the correct place. Yeah, but they're not trained snipers. They're random members of the public. It's quite impressive they actually hit at all. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Good point. But it's scary how they could just do that in the whole place. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. So, shall we talk about the reviews of the film? Yes, so, that sounds good. I have a quote here from The Guardian, and it says, As a standalone police procedural, it works quite well, but as a franchise reboot, it's not enough of a reset. It was given three stars by The Guardian, so not brilliant. I don't really agree. Well, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, can't really say it because I haven't watched any other Batman movie. But from what I know, I feel like it was definitely a different take on Batman. And I think it definitely could get a franchise from it. I definitely tried for the franchise. And um, they've also yeah. got the Joker. Um, 
I don't know how far it could go because it would have to be quite different because it couldn't go into this whole detective way. Well, they could go, but it would have to be a bit different. And I feel like detective stuff is quite difficult to make it varied. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. I I'm just I was a bit disappointed. Obviously, there was speculation before the film came out that the Joker was going to be in the film. We have seen the Joker in almost every Batman movie. It would be nice just not to have that that story told again. Mm-hmm. But and I think we probably will. As long as it's a refreshing tale, um, it it should be should be fine. And then there's always that problem of getting a Joker who can be just as good as Heath Ledger. Yes. And I mean, it's extremely difficult. So. On the other hand, um, IMDb voted at 8.5 out of 10. So a very good review. And I myself gave it four and a half stars out of five. I thought it was very good. What about you, Louise? I'd like give it a four. I did really like it, like it a lot. Um, not my ultimate favourite type of film, but for what it was, it was amazing. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Yeah. I didn't have that many expectations going in. I'd only seen like one trailer. So it was quite interesting to see that. I like the music. That was like a big thing for me though. Yeah, totally. And let's just have a quick chat about that specifically. The soundtrack was amazing, of course, composed by Michael Giacchino, who's written countless scores for countless films, including um, the Spider-Man, the new <laughs> Spider-Man movies. He wrote the score for those. Um, it, I love how at the start of the film we get Ave Maria by Franz yes. Schubert, which is one of the most famous Ave Marias ever written. And even if you're not familiar with classical music, I can almost guarantee you that you'll recognise the music. So it's kind of universally known to everyone. And what Michael Giacchino does is he takes that first phrase and turns it into the minor key. And that is the Riddler's theme throughout, because, of course, the Riddler, as a young boy, sang Ave Maria in the choir. So I, I loved that that was his kind of motif. And then, of course, we get the funeral march kind of mm-hmm. for the Batman's theme. And then we also get Nirvana, which worked very well for the film. <laughs> the vibe was achieved from that music. Yes, I think in recent years in superhero films, they have used Nirvana quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I could name quite a few films that they do feature Nirvana songs and it actually tends to work quite well if you think of the Nirvana song and the movie Black Widow that first that theme and also in Captain Marvel which is more upbeat Nirvana song yeah, that yeah, also yeah. works um, yeah. something in the way it was very good it was one of Nirvana's more gloomy ones and the way they did it really fit the theme and people think so because I think in the US it was third in the top 50 the week after this film came out, no way. Because um, it's a very good song and does yeah. the immaculate. Yeah. Just uh, another few points that I want to make. The lighting in this film, oh, so good. We get that kind of red glow, um, several times, and of course, in all the posters, it's that red lighting for the Batman, and he, of course, has the red flare at the end which I thought just worked with the vibe. And the cinematography was just excellent. We get all those kind of shots of the rain hitting various places. 
And obviously we talked about the car chase cinematography as well. And we get those sunset scenes between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz um, on the construction site at the Batman sign, which worked so well as well. We get their silhouettes. And just a final point, the chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson was insane. And interestingly, I found this out a few days ago, they the first time they worked together was for an audition for a film called Remember Me, which Robert Pattinson did, but unfortunately Zoe Kravitz didn't get the role. But that just meant they were saving themselves for, for the Batman. Very good. I liked how the scenes beside the bat signs are only sunrise almost. Yeah. And it was very symbolic. I liked how they went with Red's tones, quite warm colours. When I would say most of our Batman films like lean into the blue, purple, cold yeah. colours, so it was quite shocking. Like even at the start, we see it in the Batman in big red letters, and we just see this is going to be a bit different. Definitely. So moving on to our person of the day. <laughs> couldn't be anyone but Robert Pattinson. Of course. Um, he has piano lessons from age four and guitar at age five, so he's a musician. Um, he beat 3,000 3, 3, people to play Edward Cullen and then, of course, Twilight, which he's probably the most famous for. Definitely. Out of all his cinematography. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wouldn't mind being in a Star Wars film, he said that before, which I think most actors would say it at some point. Um, Star Wars is such a big franchise. Um, the Mo- Good Time was written specifically for him, which I think is quite interesting. Definitely. And he used to live with Andrew Garfield and Charlie Cox. And, and Jamie Dornan and Eddie, Eddie Redmayne as well. Yes, which is incredible. Yeah. yeah I think just he also went to school. Now. With Jack Whitehall? He did, yeah. He used to go to school with Jack Whitehall, yeah. There's a sketch that Jack Whitehall does about that. Yeah. Him in one of his stand-ups, yeah. And so how, there you go. Yeah, every time his school is an apostle, like they say what patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every time the school's an active, like they say Jack Whitehall's school. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Robert Pattinson, Rob, that <laughs> is why you are our person of the day. Yes, Thanks for listening. Um, next time we'll be talking about Wes Anderson's The Fringe Dispatch. And you can also tune into our podcast episodes on the latest season of Killing Eve that we do weekly after each episode. Yeah, so tune in then. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.